Hello everybody, Dominic Neshi here with the great Ewan Morton. Ewan and I have known each other for quite a while. He's actually, he doesn't know this, he's one of my mentors. Sneakily, I ask him all these little questions about how he builds his business and um, you run a very successful agency. You've been around for... 25 years. I wanted to say 20, but I didn't want to show your age. No, he's actually 25. Um, and you know you've had successful ventures with um, with Mervac and some other uh, was it Mervac? No, Multiplex. Multiplex, excuse yeah. me, one of the big M's, and he runs a big rent roll that sprawls across most of Sydney. So I really love getting you in, into the office to have a chat about uh, particularly rent rolls, but you do certainly um, have your finger on the pulse with sales and the rent yeah. property market. You know, you are a guest speaker, many other podcasts for the REI of New South Wales. And yep. it's, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> happy to be here, Dominic. Yeah. Always happy. And that was very complimentary of you to say all of that. Uh, 25 years, sometimes I think it's a really good business and sometimes I think it's a really bad business. It I have that depends. feeling daily. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. Think, I think that's actually the first point. If you own a business, that's what it's like. Yeah. Because it's constant trying to improve be better the daily struggle to deal with stuff well part of that daily struggle is um i know for you one of the cause for your business is your rental management your rent roll yeah and the last time that we caught up we were chatting about um the property management rent roll what was happening during covid there was a lot of fear and anxiety in the market people were uh, deferring their rent, people asking yeah. for rental reductions. Some markets suffered and they had hundreds of dollars um, were taken away from mm. clients. I'm a landlord in St. Peter's. My rent dropped like 100, 150 bucks mm. is what it is. Um, but then other markets did very well and the rent increased. Charlotte owns a property in Penrith and she got 50, 60 bucks extra. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how the markets changed since then? Yeah, so... <coughs> Yeah, because last time I was here it was sort of like mid-COVID, so we we're right in the right in the thick of dealing with uh, rental stress and a very high degree of uncertainty as what to happen. So I suppose now we here we are. We're all used to COVID now, so I think a lot of uh, panic has dissipated. People are a lot calmer in dealing with COVID. Um, just generally, I think in the business, it's almost like someone says there's a COVID outbreak and everybody stops, checks their app. Were they where they shouldn't have been? Then takes the appropriate steps to stop the spread, uh, but everyone's getting on with business. So that's the that's that's the first thing. The rental market uh, is still dropping in some situations, so we haven't started to see it go up yet. But I would say that we have seen some signs of positivity, so some improvement. Um, Definitely, there has been a lifestyle shift across the community as to what people want, what they want to do, where they go. So people shifting to the central coast, people going to leafy suburbs, um, people reducing expenses. So can I, can I ask yeah. you a little bit about that? Have you actually had many conversations with people doing a, a sea change, tree change? Because yeah. anecdotally we discussed it, but is that a real thing? Yep. Definitely. So, I mean, we've had people who work for us who've moved to the Central Coast. Um, I think it's things like COVID's make it made everybody think about their lives, what they want, what they're doing. Uh, you've got people who might be living in an inner city unit. They're now working from home and they're now staring at a wall. Yep. So, 
a lot of um, talk about mental well-being and the effect of that being isolated. I think that everyone was pretty keen on the old Zoom environment to get started with, but that has a shelf life. Humans by nature need to be with other humans. So people being isolated. So that's made people think about, well, where am I living? I want to live somewhere nicer, where they might have compromised. And it doesn't matter, I'm not here during the day. Mm. Um, you know, now they're thinking, well, I'm actually working from here, so I want a nice place to, to live. I want a tree. I want some air. So I think there has been a shift towards back out of the city, towards the, the suburbs. Um, obviously, they're trying a lot to make sure CBD living continues. Uh, the other night, though, I was in Surrey Hills in Commonwealth Street, and I thought that was going off. Yeah. Uh, the restaurants were packed. It seemed fine. So, um, so there's definitely been a shift in what people want, what people think is important. That's been reflected in rental and what they want. So suburbs that you may not have thought, you know, like the North Shore, for example, which, you know, people, people tend to gravitate towards the city in terms of renting, but there's nice lifestyle, calmer, relaxed, more greenery. So people are attracted to those suburbs and those suburbs don't have the same amount of rental stock. So they tend to be more on owner-occupied areas. So the rental stock isn't uh, as plentiful. And so as a result, some of the rents that they're being able to achieve is excellent. Houses going off. So, you know, people with the house renting that, rents are going up on those things because there's not that many of them. Mm. There's not many nice ones, and there's a lot of people making decisions that they want to have more space. So it feels like there's a lifestyle shift for people where they're Definitely. going from they're looking for bigger space, better yep. quality, and they're happy to pay a premium in these areas, and you're noticing that the, the supply shortages is yep. having a big impact. Because I know that you know the eastern suburbs, um, it, it dropped for a minute. Yeah. Um, but the eastern suburbs is like 60 or 70% is a rental market. It's a yeah. huge number. Um, and in this inner city, my father went and picked up a beautiful apartment in the Canort, which is overlooking yeah, the park. And he's paying like a, a tiny amount of what other people were only six or 12 months ago. So some of the rents like in the CBD are shocking. Yeah. So they're shocking. So I get a rental report every Saturday from the leasing guys that I read through. And the way we're doing it is we've got what it was rented for previously, last tenant, what are we advertised at or what are we looking at for now? And I'm just watching to see the differences. So, you know, two months ago, down, 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 down. What I'm seeing now, it's getting patchier where, okay, that one's actually gone up. Well, that's the same. So a bit of that, but there's still an element of down. In places like the CBD, if you want to get a cheaper or inner east, if you always wanted to live in those areas and you did want to experience that lifestyle, now's the time to rent one. Uh, we've seen studios going out in the 200s. Wow. Yeah. Like even that's in a the three, $300 even, drop. Yeah. yeah, like even 300 that's, that's a shock. So 650 at 450 the, These types of things have been happening. Yeah. So I think it's calmed down. Like we had planned for, I think we'd planned for our portfolio to decline across the board. So we're from the CBD all the way through to Penrith, North Shore. So we, we cover quite a broad area. We had planned for our rents to drop by 17%. So when we modelled it up, so from COVID, when we sort of started to see what was happening, of course, we're, one of the, we're like a business that's affected by COVID slowly yep. because it takes a while for everyone to move out for the rents to come down. We'd actually um, 
planned on a 17% reduction across the board. What we are seeing right now is we think it won't be as bad. Okay. So, so we think that it may settle at somewhere about 12 and it'll sit there. Vacancy rates, days on market, all back to normal. So we haven't got the, the, the vacancy in the CBD got up to 14%. It's now back to below 2%. It's all, it's all good. And is, that, is it below 2% generally across Sydney at the moment? Yeah. 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 So uh, vacancy is not worrying me. So before, uh, probably when, we, when I was here last time, uh, the vacancy got way out of control, much more out of control than we've ever seen it. But it seems to have been absorbed, it's settled down. As long as landlords are realistic about what the rent is, it, things, things are renting. So there seems to be a market of tenants wanting to take it. And for all of you out there that aren't familiar, vacancy rate is just simply how often or how much time the property is untenanted for. Yeah. And normally in Sydney, it's about that 2%. So that's less than a week or about a week in a year. Yeah. Uh, up to 10% is a huge number. That's not normal, you know. No, 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 no. And, and um, you know, it's, it's such a lot of stock. And, of course, that was all fueled in these areas a lot by Airbnb. Mm. So one of the big factors is the closing of the borders, the stopping of travel. That Airbnb market just collapsed. So... A lot of that stock came back to the long-term market and that's one of the reasons the stock went up. So, you know, they're trying to open borders and at least trying to get, get Sydney and getting Australia going. So that may bring a, back, a bit of that back, but, you know, that's a big gap in the market. Do you see the market changing much over the, part of the next 12 months? Like, certainly it's been about nine or so, six or nine months since the last time we spoke, but do you think that there's going to be a, a dramatic shift in the rental market between now and, say, December? Look, you know, I, th I think my theory at the moment is I think we were overvalued before COVID. Okay. So, so we had a lot of new apartments settling across the city, so we're in a lot of new areas, and that stock was absorbed pretty much okay, and it seemed to be all right. It's like as though... We're all accepted that if you wanted a one-bedroom apartment, you pay six fifty. That's that. People weren't sort of questioning it, and COVID was enough pressure to make landlords panic and tenants to become aggressive, which put that pressure and 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 drove it down. So I think we probably were a little overstated in the beginning. Um, the thing that will make the difference to the rental market will be the borders opening again, so immigration coming back. So we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Big question mark around what happens with international students. Uh, I've got a daughter starting uni this year and all the unis are desperate to fill up their courses. So it'll be interesting to say, well, without those, well, it'll be interesting to say what happens to them, let alone without having the international students because they're a big driver of the rental market as well. So mm. I don't see them coming back in a hurry. So I suppose it's not, as, it's not been as bad as I thought. Yep. We seem to be okay. Like we're selling, I mean, the sales market is very strong. That doesn't seem to bear no resemblance to the rental. When we talk to clients about the softness of the rental market, most people consider that to be a blip. Yep. It's just one of those things that once we get back to normal, um, it'll all go back to, to what it was. That does not seem to be a concern of purchases. And we are starting to see more investors come back into the market, which is sort of interesting. Prices are going up, rents are going down, and the investors are coming back. So it's a question, why is that? And maybe, Dominic, that's a question for you. Well, well, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I think that in Sydney, it, property investment 
normally a lot of first-time investors don't think about rental yields that much, particularly in Sydney. We've had a very strong market for many, many years and people think about capital growth. Yes. And rightfully so, I yes. think. In my, my humble opinion, I think that when you've got a 700 or a 1,000 or an $800,000 property and it moves by 10 or 20%, that changes your life. Mm. Making, um, you know, $50 extra a week or five, $6,000 a year doesn't really change your life, uh, especially over 10 years. If you get no growth and fundamentally that asset isn't performing for you as a, as a residential piece of real estate, um, I think that we're in a very interesting time that the, the sales market, like you just described, has come back with a vengeance. With a vengeance. What the uh, the uh, clearance rates are 90%. Yeah. So 90% of the time that you put your property up for auction, it's gone. Although it's interesting because we had our sales meeting this morning. We were talking about this because there's an article in the Sydney Morning Herald saying that prices are going to go up by 13%. Yeah. And as in a real- time frame? This year. Okay, yep. Yeah, so that's pretty pretty bullshy stuff. But we had to talk about it because we sell a lot of investment units. Mm. So they're not going up by 13%. In fact, we sort of um, had a discussion. Say, okay, well, how are we finding it? Because we find, you know, we're, we're sort of CBD, Piermont, Woolloomooloo, Homebush, uh, Penrith. We're in some areas that have got a lot of units gone into them. And they're the areas that potentially have suffered the most from a capital gain point of view. The areas or the units specifically? The units specifically, okay. yeah. Which is where the opportunity is because I think um, where there's good buying out in all those areas. But it, it, you, get a, you get a false impression. I think houses, they will go up. Well, so they're, 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 that's no one worry about a house. Like if you're, I'm always of the view, it doesn't matter what the market is in Sydney anymore. If you've got a house to sell, just don't worry about it. If you're going to buy one, just pay whatever it is and get in. Like, it's become like that because Sydney's grown, mm. right? A lot of the growth has come in the apartment markets in terms of... Um, um, supply. Supply, right? But the established suburbs with houses are still the same size that they were, but they've got a greater pressure of people wanting to buy into them. So I reckon if you've got a house in Sydney in a key area like... You never have to worry again. I don't know. I don't know if I could say that, but so 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 there. One of the one of the the um, so one of the things that we were talking about today is: are, are we seeing a thirteen percent? Is it is it that bullshit? So we see confidence. Yeah, we've definitely got confidence. This time last year, when we were selling things, we were talking, having to talk to vendors about the fact that it was ten to fifteen percent down on on the previous sale, and they're going to have to get used to that. We're not having that conversation. Yeah. So, so that shows a, a um, definitely a stronger market. But we would say that, you know, people are cautious. Buyers are, are, are um, being circumspect about what they're looking at. Uh, we're holding on to buyers and working, we're very much working strong with them to make sure that they come through and, and, and purchase the property. So, so the price is good, the volumes have been good. We're seeing volumes that we haven't seen for like three years. So that's all positive. But um, it's probably not as buoyant as what the in, in our marketplaces as what the, the paper is making out. Well, I agree with you. I think that it's... Yeah, nothing uh, to back that up except my own opinion. Well, your own opinion is valuable because yeah. you've got um, 
a huge amount of agents on the floor. You do a lot of volume. You've got thousands of properties on your rental book. So your opinion matters more than most on the street. So let's start with that. But um, what I want to add to what you've just discussed, and you'll, you'll um, this is my hypothesis. Hypothesis. Yeah, this is my Good hypothesis. Enough. So we're going to run it off you. Now, I think that, um, yes, uh, the, the, the houses will run the fastest and the hardest first. And houses make up for about 70% of all transactions, which is a huge, huge number outside of just brand new property. Um, and the way that I think about the, the market, it runs in two speeds. There are apartments and then there are houses. Yeah. And I feel like the houses go first because everyone sees value in that. It's very much an aspirational piece of real estate. People see value in land and it's an owner-occupier investment. I want to go yep. and get this. I'd agree with that. But then the second speed comes when the houses push too far out of your price point and you still want to live in Lane Cove. Yeah. And you still want to live in Piedmont and you can't afford a $3 million terrace. Mm. Then the apartment looks like good value and then that's when the apartment will trail and lift with it as well. Yeah. Like I feel like in areas that people desire, they want the lifestyle. I can't afford to buy a house in Coogee at the moment but I can afford to buy an apartment. So an, an apartment is like your entry level or a way for you to enter that market, live the same lifestyle that you want to have. And we also know that historically speaking, apartments won't run as hard as far as price growth, but they certainly will yield as much, if not more. Mm. So it's, it's, as you're saying, maybe 13% is very bullish broadly. I think that houses will hit that. Apartments may grow... They will grow a little bit less than that, but I think the growth will come for the yep. apartments as well. Yeah, yeah. And you do have that trend too where people are choosing to live in apartments because they can't afford a house yeah. or they want to live in an apartment because they want to be close to amenity. So we've definitely had that lifestyle change which takes the owner-occupied percentage on apartments or some apartments has definitely increased depending on where you're at and what the product is like. Yeah. So I suppose, there's, I suppose in all that, there's lots of variables. Product is, is key. We've, we've seen a lot of shitty developments and we've seen yes. some really good ones. Yes. Um, so what do you think is going to happen when migration, students, tourists all come back? How do you, how do, what do you think will happen? Let's, let's make it smaller. What do you think is going to happen to the rental market? And what will happen to rents? Let's just assume in 18 months or let's say 18 to 24 months, the, the borders are all open and people are moving between countries and states freely again. So we're back to normal? Normal, normal whatever that is. Whatever is. Then I think we'll be fine and we'll go back to where we were. Do you think that there's... Now that we've seen the market saturate a lot of the properties that were short-term rental, do you think that there's going to be a, a, a rental hike? There's going to be an uh, undersupply of available... Well, I think if, 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 say, Airbnb comes back, so they open the borders and the tourism factor comes back and Airbnb goes, well, that's going to suck... Um, property out of the long-term market which will push push rents up so i definitely see that as a key thing probably in in these inner areas probably one of the most important things the student market tends to be around the universities and not in the central locations they tend to be you know um obviously around university of new south wales or macquarie or wherever so the student market is needed there to to push to push that back up but I, I sort of feel quite optimistic about everything at the moment. Um, certainly definite buoyancy. They're, I've heard people talk about they think this is just a, a um, you know, a blip. 
back. In fact, we are still heading towards trouble. Okay, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. There's always the naysayers, the doom and gloom. I know, I know, I know. I'm an optimistic sort of person myself, so I like to look at it um, positively. I, I, I reckon the last couple of years for property has been difficult. So I reckon we sort of peaked up there 2016, 17. Yep. So 18, 19, 20 was a slide. Hard. So, and even even when I was reflecting this morning on the, what we were telling vendors this time last year was like, get prepared for 10 to 15% down, right? So definitely, and I looked at our stock, you know, stock trying to, our, our list to sell ratio always sell drop because we just couldn't seem to get the gap between what vendors wanted and buyers were willing to pay at that particular point. And if I look at it over that time, that, that's basically what's happened is we've had a drop. Yeah. Now, <coughs> 2020, thing, end of 2020, the volume started going, but we sort of were due to turn the corner to sort of start the bend. And I think COVID covered it all up because there was drama around that. No one knew what would happen. So I think volumes did drop because everyone was panicked about what the world could do. Quarter four uh, last year, 2020, like smashed it. Like, for us, it was like the, the, the quarter that we hadn't seen for three years. So, yeah, okay. So it really came, came, came back strongly and we just did the best that we could just to do transactions. You know, we've seen stuff like even new development that we were selling last year that we couldn't get traction on and we're like, oh, we might be overpriced on this. And then coming into January, suddenly we've just rocked out the door. And in fact, in some cases, sold for more. So it's like, right, suddenly, what 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 happened there? So it would seem. I think that we bigger picture. We've turned. We're down. We've done the bottom of the curve, and we're on the. We're sort of going to start on the the way up. The upward trajectory. The upward trajectory. The the interesting thing is the rental market. You know that that is trajectory up. Like it's interesting in the CBD. You'd sort of think, well, the rents come down, therefore the value I'm going to pay for it. It's like as though the two things aren't that connected. No, they feel disconnected, but Very I also think that's the opportunity. For a for sophisticated investor, I feel like, you know, you can take advantage of that because the holding cost for a lot of people has increased significantly. Yeah. Yeah. The income that they were deriving from this asset has come off. And I feel like the areas most affected by this rental slump may be the opportunity for you to pick up a good little buy here and there. And but it's certainly interesting, when it you know, even us sitting here talking, like I was listening to you speak there and I was thinking about, okay, where, you know, where do you invest? Is someone watching this goes, where do I, where do I, what area do I buy in? What do I do? And I was thinking, you know what? It's like what it's always been. You, you, good property. So in the apartment market, well built, big issue mm. right big big issue so well built well designed good space good outlook so it looks at something you know if that's a bit of harbour in there everyone's happy with that but is it a tree you know direction facing north sun you know that type of stuff getting those fundamentals right is the key thing to buying a property even if it means that it might look like you're pay, paying a strong price for it. I've got this saying that sometimes the best property is the most expensive. 
I like that one. Yeah, you know yeah. when everyone's always, you know, everyone's because you get, oh, I want a bargain. Everyone yeah. wants a bargain. I want a vendor distressed. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Give me the bargain. It's like, well, do you know what? Generally, the bargains are on the properties that you shouldn't be buying. Yeah, yeah. And they're a bargain for a reason. It's because there's something wrong with them. It's like buying a lemon car. You want the good car. The good car, right? And sometimes you just can't get that cheap. Now, obviously, sometimes you can get a set of circumstances that, that might deliver you a reduced price or less competition. But really, at the end of the day, you don't want to compromise on any of that. So I think it doesn't matter where you are. Like, I think about some of the areas that we're in. You know, you look at Wentworth Point, you look at Olympic Park. There's been a lot of stock that's that's gone into that area. But I think it all comes back to the same basics, you know. You're looking for size, aspect, even good design. You can sort things out. Yeah. I always think, you know, you just want to, as long as the fundamental layout's okay, you can tweak stuff and make it better. But sun, aspect, all those things. And it's because it's being able to appeal to an owner-occupier when you go to sell it. Yeah, I absolutely so, so agree. So this, this, this pressure of... More as you were talking about before, looking at if you can't afford a house in Lane Cove, well, you've got to be in a, a unit, it's just the way it is. So, therefore, the amenity of those things, if you're going to live in it yourself, you're far more focused. So, getting buying an investment property that has that, and maybe it is, you know, yes, your rental yield is going to suffer a little bit at the moment, but in terms of the long term, you'll do all right on the capital gain. Well, you know, if you can pick a good asset and you can see that this market is a short term environment where yeah. it's not going to be like this forever. There are Hope. opportunities. Hopefully. It won't be. See, that's Knock an interesting. <laughs> but it is, it is, isn't it? Like, even, you know, you talk to people, you know, you know, they, they, it's, it's even before COVID, people were saying we're artificially overinflated, that that every assets are too high, that it has to come down, whatever. And we're like, okay, here comes COVID. But in fact, it all did all right. Did, did property drop? It's, some markets are grew, actually. Yeah. Some markets, it's, it just kept on growing. And if it dropped, I don't know, 15%, maybe? Percent yeah, maybe, maybe 10, 15%. 10%. It, was, it wasn't like half or I think everyone hopes of this. And so, yeah, so it'd be interesting. And also, I think the whole question on interest rates is quite fascinating. So interest rates are trending down, prices go up. Yeah. It always happens. It doesn't look like it's going up anytime soon. Interest rates. Interest rates. No, no, but it's this, it's this, this interest rates coming down. You know, like we're all talking about, you know, one percent interest rates. I mean, who would have thought of that? Well, I like that. That that's the arbitrage that you can play between the costs of running a, an asset, yeah, and then the income that you can generate, and then you're picking the right markets, as you're saying, to Completely. then get the growth. Yeah, massively. You and I know you and I can sit here for 30, 40 minutes, and that was what half an hour gone by like oh. that. Um, are there any concluding thoughts for uh, the people that are listening out there for what you think are the you know areas that are undervalued or markets that you believe are good for first-time entrants or you know talking to investors? What areas, what type of investments are you seeing in the market that you think are undervalued or people should be paying attention to? I'm a big fan of the West. So we're out at Penrith. Uh, we have an office out there, and that's going gangbusters. Uh, that would appear to be COVID-proof yep. in terms of the rental market. So rental yields, I think, are very good Good out there. Affordability is interesting like that. Yeah. If it's at the bottom, where else can it go? Yeah, and, and I think also, too, we've got a lot of infrastructure going in around Sydney. 
So, you know, they're building freeways and they're building, you know, the, the metro, metro. Airport. Airport, all that stuff. So I think anywhere around those, that infrastructure is completely fine. Um, I think as Sydney's getting stronger, it's getting bigger and it's going to get bigger, like despite the challenges that we've got at the moment, the long-term prospects for Sydney is very good. So I think being around amenity is is very, very important. And that's the stuff that will hold its value and increase it. So I'd definitely be looking on the metro lines. Um, I think to looking at some of the newer areas. So like what areas would you say? Well, to be honest, I think I th- actually I think there's a lot of opportunity in Wentworth Point. Okay, that's right. interesting. Contentious, by the way, because some people would, would argue that. I think you've got to buy the right thing, right? But, I mean, first homeowners, my great place to get started. So, you know, they've been blocked out of the market for years to the extent we said, see you later, generation, whatever you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're just never going to buy, buy a, a house. Whereas I think some of these areas actually get a foothold and a starting spot for first homeowners. So I, I actually think it's um, it, there's some good stuff. As long as you know your area and you know what you're buying and where you're going. I think you can't do a broad sweeping statement no. on any area because Wentworth Point, I see value there. You know, it's kind of in many ways the centre between two C big CBDs, yep. Parramatta, Sydney, waterways, and the people that live in Wentworth Point love Wentworth Point. It's a good school down the end. There's a ferry. I th- you know, it's, not, it's a hard thing to know where. To, I mean, you probably face this every day because you've got investors coming in and you're very much looking at numbers as to what's getting returns where it's at. When I'm talking to people about where they should buy, most people like most people will buy somewhere around what they know, right? So, a- apart from like most people, when they go to look at their uh, where to buy property, they go where they're familiar, right? So, so, and I think that's a good start because you could actually go crazy unless they use somebody like you who sorts it for them mm. and and buys it and has done all that work. I think for most people, it just gets too confusing. So, so I think it's about um, narrowing your focus, picking your spot that works for you, what, what, what identifies to you for whatever reason. Um, and then you just got to get down in the market and hunt to see what you can get and see what value you can get. Can I ask you one last question? Sure. I know that I, I, I apologise. I know that you we're pressed for time, but... Um, you've got experience, you said it earlier, some of the newer areas. Yeah. What has been your experience with some of these larger master plan communities like your Jordan Springs, your Oran Park, um, you know, the ponds? These are areas that some people absolutely love and will just keep on buying there and the price in my, what I've seen has gone crazy. But some areas are like, I'm not going to touch it. It's a master plan community. There's thousands of houses or apartments coming what are your thoughts on that as an area of of interest or growth or investment i think it's like all these things a lot of the master pan communities are great the ones that are done well where they've thought through the amenity they've thought through transport and they've thought through community so i think one of the big things that everyone underestimates is how much people want to connect with other people so in terms of property investment, where, where there can be a flourishing community. So we're out at Penrith, there, there's a development there called Thornton. Yes. Right? We have a community barbecue 
every month. There's a community uh, garden. The, the people who are living there are, are driving that and that has an effect on how attractive as it is for a place to live which affects capital values and affects rental so i think that's the key thing with those master plan things is how well the developer or the community has gone with building community and that's the thing that can actually set people up for a good return if that's not done well then yes you could be just one person in a sea of sameness yeah, that's uh, and, and and the sea of sameness isn't necessarily good for capital growth. You actually that leads back to your original point where people like to buy where they know. So yeah. if it's a deep seated community, as a culture, and they like it, they'll stay and keep on growing there. But if it's a soulless, lax community, if there's no sense of attachment, yeah, then nothing. I mean, I, I have this big thing like, you know, the way we do our our system of ownership where you can have four blocks of land next to each other and where you have you know obviously development controls and things around that but you end up with four completely different blocks with no uh attachment to each other and down on ground level it's not much much chop right that style of style of thing that happens across sydney all the time if we can could get that right where we can master plan things better get better sense of community down on the on the on the and connection down on the ground level, that actually is a really, really important thing for capital growth. And the the area that I always use is Zetland, which okay. was which was government owned, right? Victoria Park is a government piece of land. They could actually put the controls through that, and and uh, as a result, it's a really popular place to rent and buy. It's been a big success. So I'm right into that. So I think where people can, so from buying in, in investment stock, where you can get that. So in five years time when it's grown, like at Zetland, they've got a dog park, dog friendly. You know, like you go down there and, and there's community markets and all this sort of stuff. It's taken on. It's taken on, yeah, East Village is very attractive. It's all taken on a life of its own. So I think where that can be done, where you can get that, I think the master communities are fantastic. I'm hearing you. So places where they've got the strong covenants, where they're looking after yes. community, trying to connect yep. that interconnectedness. And, 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 you know, and everyone gets, oh, you know, and it does, it makes a big difference. Like, you know, it's one point, you know, at Zetland, yeah, it was a waiting list to rent it. Now, people told me, when I was telling people that we were down in that area, everyone, and I said, where's that? You know, all those buildings on the way to the airport. Oh, that's the slums of tomorrow. Well, it turned out to be nothing like that. Mm. You know, there's, there's beautiful... Um, there's beautiful gardens on the top of those buildings, uh, which unless you went up there, you would never know they were there. So it's forethought that's gone into it. And that makes a very, very big difference, I reckon, to how it performs in the investment. And as a real estate agent, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with buyers that go, why did they do that? Like, why is that? And it's that thing you go, well, because... I don't know. <laughs> they yeah, didn't have enough money. Everybody, they're trying to create a great place to live, but the pressures of it all gets all too much, and they cut corners. And you go, well, a whole bunch of reasons, but it is what it is, and it affects the price. So I, I reckon that's a, a a big thing. So you know, obviously, buying a lot of investment, you buy off the plan. You know, it, that's all good. But I think fundamentally looking at that infrastructure, how it's going to go, how they're going to breed community, how it's going to, how it's going to grow, how it's going to uh, evolve, and that has a direct correlation with the rents it can get and the capital growth. 
It all makes sense. So we're looking for areas that have that sense of community really at the heart of it. People like people. Yeah. And they want to have this kind of interconnectedness. And since if there's some controls and there's a culture, yeah, um, that will spur on a bit of demand. Completely. Ewan, thank you very much for today. That's a pleasure. It's a pleasure getting you on this podcast. I'm no, looking forward to our um, our next <laughs> our next show. For any of you out there, if you liked it, um, subscribe, like, share it with all your friends. Um, if you've got any questions for Ewan or you want to reach out to him and the team for rental management or sales, just go to Morton. Yeah, morton.com.au. And um, the team are there to help you. If you've got questions, let me know and we can pass them on to Ewan and, and house them on the next episode. Hope to hear from you all soon.